ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Horror. Greetings, viewers and listeners. Meet Hook Jim here, the Wrestle Horror Podcast. With me, as always, my co-host, Donnie Hoover, and this time I'm not going to pick on him about which way he's pointing. <laughs> it ain't going to do no good anyways. I'm going <laughs> to screw it up one way or the other. And on this episode of the Wrestle Horror Podcast, we have a special guest with us. I've got some Denzians from hell creeping around behind me, and if you're watching this on video, we have the voice from hell right here. His name is Mr. Dick Terhune. Dick, how are you doing, sir? I'm great and this may be the first time that some people get to put voice and face together sorry (laughs) (laughs) well yeah big scary show we don't like to show our faces so you know which which is wise you know i I think that's wise (laughs) no offense man i love you you know it (laughs) (laughs) but uh let's talk about um let's talk about horror let's talk talk about voice acting, things like that. Um, let's start with the horror aspect. And Dick, I know you've had a long and storied history in the haunted attraction industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What really got you started in that? Wow. Um, what started was probably back in like 1970 something when my dad's Sertoma club decided to put on a haunted house. Okay. And he took me and my brother to this, it was an old, uh, I think, like a railroad mansion, um, a, a, a really gorgeous, enormous mansion house in my little hometown in Nebraska that was previously owned by some railroad executive. And they had moved out, and I, can't, I, I don't think they could sell the house because it was so expensive. And so it was going to go under the wrecking ball. But before it did, the Sertoma Club decided they were going to haunt it. So... My dad, who used to love to do spook shows and scary stuff in his garage when he was a boy, brought his skills and his imagination, and he had a whole mansion to play with. So he was tricking out the walk-in freezer downstairs. Laboratories were being set up. Funeral parlors were starting to spring up around the house and really from the moment when I saw him take a severed hand, like a wooden severed hand, some eye hooks and some fishing line and make that thing crawl down a long hallway. I knew that my life's course was set. (laughs) So after that, I would work in the haunted houses year after year because they were successful kind of got out of it later in my teen years, but always had a love of Halloween and got into radio around that time and doing commercials and doing voices. And then I guess it was about probably 10, 11, 12 years ago. um, There, there was one job that kept coming back to me every year and it was for a haunted trail in upstate New York. And it was just, you know, that was the most fun I had every year doing that commercial because they gave me free license, total freedom. They just said, do whatever you want. And I loved it. I loved doing it. And around that time, I was also thinking, you know, I, I live in Connecticut. We have a big field out here and we got some woods beyond. 
wouldn't it be great if we could turn that into a haunted attraction? So, you know, I'm out on my tractor, I'm, I'm mowing the field and I'm looking around and I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I could see uh, tickets, <laughs> ticketing over there. We could put some plenty of room for parketing over there. We got a line of port porta potties over there. And I was starting to see the <laughs> scenes in my mind as I was driving along and I went into the house and I went up to my wife and I said, honey, here's what we're going to do. And she just laughed really hard for like 15 minutes, like a crazy person. So I crawled back out to my office, my studio, because I had set up a voiceover studio by that point. And I, I didn't just spring this idea on her without doing a little research because I had piles and piles of haunt world and haunted attraction magazine and a bunch of DVDs. And I had, had checked message boards that was back in the day when we had message boards <laughs> for haunters. And I was, I was just getting all this knowledge and information. And I thought, well, this has all been a waste of time. But then it hit me. No, wait a minute. There's one thing that nobody's talking about in any of these magazines, on any of these DVDs, on any of these websites. I can learn anything I want to know about how to hook up pneumatics. I can learn how to make props out of styrofoam and PVC. I can learn about timed ticketing. But you know what they weren't talking about? How to actually get customers in the door. How to effectively get customers to push that buy tickets button when they go on our relatively newly constructed website. I mean, the state of the art of haunt advertising at that time was probably a 60 second commercial with a station DJ doing a bad bell Lugosi and thunder and wolves and screaming in the background. And, and the bed was the instrumental bridge from thriller and, and every single haunted attraction commercial ended with, if you dare, ha, 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 ha. Am I right? Am yes. I right? Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> so suddenly it made me very mad because I knew what I was willing to commit to do to turn my property into a haunted attraction. I was willing to invest thousands of dollars and even thousands more hours trying to make that happen, putting all of my blood, sweat and more blood into it. Mm -hmm. only to be taken down by a DJ doing bad Lugosi. <laughs> and I was sitting and talking about this with some other VO guys, because we were at a conference at one point. And I said, I, I expressed all this to them. And I said, you know, it makes me mad on behalf of these haunted house owners. You don't just need a scary voice. You need a voice from hell. And once again, I knew my destiny had been written. So I launched voicefromhell.com, um, immediately started getting involved with the conventions, with HauntCon and Midwest and um, National Haunters at that time, East Coast Haunt Club, uh, eventually Transworld. I, anywhere I could find a group of haunters who wanted to learn how to do business better, that's where I went. That became my mission. And it's, it's been a message that's resonated for all this time. And at this point, I'm working with probably at least 
60 or more haunted attractions throughout the U.S., Canada, England, and Ireland at this point. And, you know, I, I get to do my favorite job all year round now. Who can argue with that? <laughs> Ain't nobody better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Donnie, I know you had some questions for Dick. Why don't you go ahead? Yeah, uh, like I said, I want to tap into the voiceover work and stuff because it's something that I've uh, starting to, to uh, get an interest in. And I've been looking into getting training and all this and that uh, for one reason, because the, the thought of a voiceover work, you know, working from home in your own studio interests me. And also with uh, being a podcaster and doing interviews and all that, I figured learning how to do good voiceover wouldn't hurt you know, behind the microphone of the podcast. So uh, tell us a little bit about like, you know, some of the, some tips and tricks on voiceover acting. And, uh, and then later on, I want to touch on how it would pertain to haunting and then maybe even into wrestling as in like wrestler promos type of stuff. Uh, but yeah, how did the voiceover stuff all get started for you? I can honestly say there has never been a better time to get into voiceover. Um, when your job description is literally to seal yourself in a soundproof room and talk to yourself all day, <laughs> you know, what, what better job during a pandemic, right? It's right. perfect. Uh, and you, you know, I'm looking at your studio right now. I can see, okay, great. Yeah. You've got, you've got the equipment, you've got a decent mic. You clearly have uh, a nice, clear internet connection. All of this is good. None of which I had over, you know, like 20, 25 years ago when I, when I built this studio, I mean, I had reel-to-reel tape decks and cassette machines. And huh. any, any, anybody else remember the DAT tape, digital audio <laughs> tape? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that lasted for about five minutes. And then somebody <laughs> said, uh, oh, no, wait, now you can burn your own CDs in your computer. And then that evolved into the MP3. And the day that happened was the day that we all became free as voice actors, because we no longer had to time our project to, okay, we have to record the commercial, get the commercial approved, and either make six reel-to-reel dubs or burn six CDs and get down to the FedEx before five o'clock so that the stations will have them in time to start on Monday. No, at that point, it became instant. So, Never been a better time to get into voiceover uh, from an equipment perspective, from a technical perspective. If you've got a decent laptop, Mac or PC, if you've got decent editing software, I currently use Adobe Audition, but Pro Tools is also available. Um, And there there are others that are uh, that are free or not very expensive that are great to use. If you've got that, if you've got a good podcast mic, then you're ready to start. Now, that's part of the um, the science and the business. Well, the science of it, uh, the business and the art, that goes with it too. So let's start with the art. Um, you know, a lot of people like you, they hear what I do and they will say, Oh, I've always thought about doing that. How do I do that? I I don't know if I can do that. I don't think I have a very good voice. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you one thing for sure. You are the only person in the world who has your voice. There is no one else who can duplicate what you do. They might be able to imitate it. 
They might be able to sound like you. They might be able to do an impersonation of you. But only you can do you. Therefore, you are 100% your own product. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And there is somebody in this world who is looking for what you do. You just got to find them and convince them to spend their money with you. All right. That's out of the way. That's a big mental hurdle that people have. Mm-hmm. Just get past it. You are your own product. How do you refine that product? Uh, a couple of, of things that were helpful to me, in addition to the fact that, you know, I, I, I've been on stage as an actor most of my life. And around the time I started doing that, also in my small town in Nebraska, there was an opening at the local radio station. <laughs> and I heard about it. I went in and uh, they said, okay, we'll, uh, we'll give you a tryout. And my tryout was they handed me a, a stack of news copy and said, you're doing the six o'clock six o'clock report here's how you open the mic here's how you start the tapes and here's how you play the commercials go mm-hmm. <laughs> so i guess it worked because i i stayed in radio for probably a good 20 years and again was doing acting and radio acting and radio at the same time and the place where i was most comfortable was in the commercial production studio because i would be able to uh, experiment with voices, especially since, you know, when you're a 16 year old kid at the radio station, who's working the weekend shift, you're probably the only one in the building. So if somebody hands you a two person script for a commercial, you got to sound like two different people. So I had to learn that skill pretty quickly too. And I had to learn how to edit it all together back in the days when editing was a physical piece of tape and a razor blade and a little piece of adhesive tape that that goes on it to make it sound like it's a seamless transition now it's digital you know there's nothing you can't do with probably what's already installed on your computer that was my training i think it's a lot easier today because there are dedicated voiceover coaches um there are classes all over the place I don't know what major city is nearest to where you are, Donnie, but if you search voiceover classes in my town here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're in Columbus, some... Ohio. So it's a... Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not only do you have local resources available, but there are, well, when COVID is over, there will be lots of uh, master teachers who will come through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to travel a little bit or do something virtual, I recommend greatvoice.com. That is a site that is run by a terrific voiceover talent and actor named Susan Berkeley. You might not know her name, but you know her voice. Oh, For yes, example, I know. you know, her, yeah. Okay. Every time you call Citibank, yeah. you hear Susan Berkeley. Yeah. Every time you call mobile, you hear Susan Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, just some of the uh, what's called IVR work, interactive voice recording, uh, not to mention the commercials, not to mention the audiobooks that she has done over the years. But right now, and for several years past, her main business has been teaching the art, science, and business of voiceover and voice acting. And she does a voiceover boot camp that, that will, you know, really make you know, is this something I want to do? Is this something 
that maybe I should not do. But the answer for you is probably, yeah, you, you're going to want to do it. Uh, another great thing about her boot camp is you leave with a demo tape. Oh, nice. Or I guess a demo MP3 at this point. It's not actually a tape. <laughs> um, that's just one. There are others. I recommend you search around. You find what you're comfortable with. Uh, another great teacher who I've worked with is named Pat Fraley, F-R-A-L-E-Y. And his website is patfraleyteaches.com. Uh his in-person master classes are the best. He also offers uh, recordings of those classes, um, interactive classes, and I'm sure virtual classes as well. But if you get the chance to study with him in person, please take it. Uh, he comes from a similar background as I. He was an actor for a long time and then got into VO and decided to teach it. And he's a brilliant, kind giving teacher it is worth absolutely every penny to study with that man and again post-covid he travels he'll he'll do courses in new york he'll do courses in chicago he'll do them all over the country so if you get a chance to work with him please do i also recommend a site called voiceoveressentials.com that is run by yet another legendary voice actor named harlan hogan read his books they're available on the site. Take a look at some of the products that he has developed for voice actors. Um, for one thing, he has a not terribly expensive and extremely high quality VO mic available on his site. And perhaps the most ingenious thing he's got is called the Porta Booth. Because not everybody has a basement or a, or a spare closet or a spare room that they can put a bunch of soundproofing in and turn that into a fully decked out recording studio. But if you've got a porta booth that you can stand in a corner, it, it looks kind of like a music stand, but on top, it's got a five-sided box. Mm-hmm made out of the same foam you see above my head right now. And the front is open and inside is a space for your microphone and you can clip your commercial copy. If that's what you're reading up next to it. And you've got a dead space that you're talking into, which is important if you're doing voiceover. Um, the microphone I mentioned that's on his site also will go directly into your computer or through an audio interface into your computer. And you're in business. You know that and the audio, audio software, you're good to go. Okay, so we've covered science and a little bit of art. So now business. What do you do now that you've got all this stuff put together? Marketing. <laughs> Remember, Marketing. you're your own you're your own product. Well, now you got to get out there and find the specific audience that you want to influence to hire you. How do you do that? Well, if you went to voiceover bootcamp and you've got your VO demo, then you have something to work with. Um, a site that I have used for probably getting close to 20 years is called voices.com. And that is a site where for um, a premium or a platinum membership, I recommend the premium membership on a yearly basis you create a profile on this site, you load your demo or demos on there, 
some information about you, and then you have access to voiceover auditions all over the world. Wow. Uh, I can't tell you how many jobs I have booked through this website. I mean, I don't just, I don't just do Halloween and haunt commercials. I, you know, I'm also there to do the banks and the BMWs and the pharma and um, tutorials, narrations, technical things. I have done surgical narration. I've done medical narration. I've done audio books. I've booked a number of games through this site as well. So, yeah. That's where you can go if you are just starting out and, you know, with your, with your first or second job, your membership is paid for, and then you just keep rolling from there. Now, another great thing about Voices.com is that the clients that you get there very well may want to keep going with you for years to come. And that's been the case with me for, for a number of clients that I got through them. So Voices.com, again, that is money well spent. Very cool. Once you've um, established yourself a little bit more and you're starting to get more and more clients, um, I'm sure you'll want to have a website of your own dedicated to that. And there are a few places that specialize in VO websites and you can just Google websites for voiceover or websites for voice acting and they will come up. Um, What else do I recommend you have? At some point you're going to need a way, (coughs) excuse me, to communicate with studios and producers around the world. And especially now, uh, I'm going to go down another little rabbit hole here because everything's a story. I was looking at this recently. This, This was my 2019 planner. Okay. And a few weeks ago, I was going through the pages and I was looking... I was looking, I was looking, and I was stunned at how many times a week, how many times a month, I had to get up early in the morning, drive an hour to the train, an hour on the train into New York City, get on the subway, and then walk down to the recording studio where I either had an audition or a session. Now, if I had a session booked, that means great. I, I get to now spend the next couple of hours in a gorgeous studio where someone else is going to engineer my voice and they're going to pay me maybe more money than they should. <laughs> and they got a kitchen with just about everything in it. It's catering, man. Nice. <laughs> However, if it's an audition, You've driven for an hour, you've trained for an hour, you got on the subway, you walk down the street, you go up, when it's your turn, you do your two takes, and then you reverse course. And then you wait to find out if you got the job. But still, I was doing that a lot of times a month. How many times have I done that in 2020? Oh, by the way, the reason that they want me to come to them was, I'm sure, no more than We are paying ungodly amounts of rent for this space in Manhattan. So you are going to come to us. (laughs) When I have right behind me, the same microphone they have in the studio that I was traveling to, I've got 
the same internet connection. I've got the same editing software. I've got the same interface, the same board. But somehow none of that was good enough. I had to come to them. (laughs) In 2020, I have gone into New York for a recording session exactly one time. One time. And that was because we had a hurricane here in Connecticut that knocked out our power for a week. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason I had to go in. Otherwise, believe it or not, since March 2020, all of a sudden my studio is good enough. Right. So, (laughs) yeah. So the way that I connect with other studios is through a system called Source Connect. And that you can either do that as a subscription of like $35 a month or you can buy it outright, uh, which I think is $600 a month, something like that. Uh, There's uh, another system called IPDTL. And... um, uh, what else is there? there? There are others that are always available. If, if you just search um, probably VoIP connections, VOIP connections, you'll find that there is a system, a setup that'll work for you. Now, the great thing I think about both Source Connect and IPDTL is that it works through my Chrome browser. And I am able to get crystal clear perfect zero latency connections with studios all around the world. And I, I have used it to great effect. So you're going to need that. You're going to need that to communicate with the people who are hiring you. Uh, And if you have that, that makes you more hireable. Now let's see, we still have some marketing to do, don't we? Let's see. How yes. do we do that? Let us <laughs> let us all stroke our beards, except for you, Donnie. Oh no! Wait, yeah, I, I see got, something there. I got a little, a little bit. A little there's something going on. Okay, <laughs> you're not you're not in the Evil Genius Club yet, but keep no, working on I'm it. I'm getting there. Yeah, <laughs> working on it. Yeah. Um, just like I came up with VoiceFromHell.com, you have to find your niche. You have to find. You know, not only is Donnie Hoover the only Donnie Hoover we got. But what is it that Donnie Hoover does best? Now, you're connected to wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big door in for you right there. Uh, you're already passionate about it. You already know about it. You can promote the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. If I were you, that's where I would go first. And if you want a suggestion for a website, um, prowrestlingvoice.com. Yeah, Something to think about. So you know, I'll have to buy that domain before we air this episode. <laughs> well, yeah, or or just edit that part out so nobody else hears it. All right, you there know? you go. <laughs> but I think you see what I'm saying is that mm-hmm. that in, you know, it it is the best time I think in history to be a voice actor, a voice artist. But at the same time, there are a lot of us, and the ones who rise to the top are the ones who differentiate themselves, like. Don LaFontaine was the inner world guy. Right. Um, other famous voices, you, you, you hear them, you immediately associate them with something, with a product, with a business. Um, you know, it's, it's why a lot of celebs, you know, like to do it or why they are hired to do commercials uh, and other projects because people already recognize the name. They already have a connection to that voice 
that they hear. And so it kind of goes a little bit further to connecting customer to product or customer to business, whatever it is. You have to find whatever it is that makes you the person people want to hire. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you what that is. You're going to have right. to do that yourself. But I think wrestling is the big entrance door for you. And you need to promote yourself that way. Very cool. Very great advice. Like I said, that, uh, definitely something I'm getting more and more interested in and looking into. Do um, it. There's yeah. no reason not to. Right. Give it a shot. Huh? <laughs> do it or I'm going to come over there and kick your ass. <laughs> All right. There you go. It wouldn't I've be been, too hard at this point. <laughs> I've been silently sitting back here absorbing all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just to just to tell you, Dick, that I am the ring announcer for Donnie's wrestling promotion. Ah, nice. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Now, how did you how did you get that gig? What made you, what made you want to do that? I mean, who wouldn't want to do it? But how did you get it? I've been a wrestling fan since I was twelve. And it was funny. It was at Midwest. Uh, was it two years ago, Donnie? Yeah, it was the last one they had in Columbus. Yeah, the last one. The last one in Columbus. Okay, so it's been a little longer than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Donnie came up to the Big Scary Show booth and uh, came up to me and started asking me about uh, haunted houses and if I could help him. And you know, because he had his haunted trail and everything. And it's like, well. And he says, I'm, I'm a wrestling promoter for New Ohio Wrestling. It's like, I'll do, I'll tell you what, you let me ring announce and I'll help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how it started. Scratch each other's back, huh? It works out. You know, so much, so many, so many connections are made that way. It was like the, that. It was the, it was, I was just a guest ring announcer at first and uh, it was my first show. And I honestly, I was horrible. <laughs> Hey, the, best, uh, the hardest part's getting in there and doing it. Yeah. Uh, and okay, I so you done, got your worst out of the way. You can only get better from there. I did, and I've done several shows since then, and I've been uh, more and more confident and consistent, and uh, the voice is really coming out. Mm-hmm. Now, would it be putting you on the spot to ask for an example? Ask for, for a little, little sample here? I don't see You need to warm up? <laughs> uh, let me just, let me think for a second here. Okay. Okay. All right. We can turn away if we need, if it's. it's Ladies and gentlemen, from Chicago, Illinois, he is the Black Superman, Onyx. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Love it. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> as he as he hacks and splutters off <laughs> Yeah, but I did learn about the pineapple popsicles from you. That's right. Does Donnie know about this? Not yet. No. Do you have oh, not? you see. Oh, care and maintenance. Care and maintenance of the voice. Yes. Um you you never want to strain up here. You never want to shout, make loud noises up here. You want to do it down here. And I'm pointing to my diaphragm in case that's what you're wondering, (laughs) because that's what moves all your air. And if you're talking from down here, if you're pushing all that air up through here, you have much more control. You have much more volume. You have much more projection. And you can just keep doing this for a long, long time. But if you try to do all of that from up here, you're gone in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. But. Even if you are ring announcing or 
acting on a haunted trail, for example, mm-hmm. or sitting in your studio doing voiceover, eventually the strain is going to set in because you're busy working. And like, you know, in the, in the haunted trail environment, you got guests coming and then you reset. And then you got guests coming and then you got to reset. And you got to do that all night long. So there are some things that can help. You take care of your voice. Um, there's a, a specific kind of tea that I recommend. It's Celestial Seasonings Jammin' Lemon Ginger with honey. That stuff will knock out anything. <laughs> Tastes great and it feels great going down too. It's the best. Um, that's a, a warm remedy. A cool remedy is, I think Edie's makes it, um, it, it's a, it's a fruit pop, but it, it is all fruit and it, you only need the pineapple ones. Mm. And why pineapple? Because pineapple contains an enzyme. I believe it's bromelain or bromeline. It's actually a compound that's, that's used in meat tenderizer for the very same reason that it makes your throat feel better. That's what it does. It makes your throat feel better. It, it actually heals you up. It make, it's the uh, pineapple juice and, and real apple juice or apple cider are the only fruit juices that will go straight to your vocal cord area and give them relief. So hot apple cider, that's another great thing. Um, Or just like a can of pineapple juice, that'll do it too. But those are some some things that you always want to keep in store, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of heavy lifting with the vocal work. And as Jim mentioned, yeah, I did a, a, a session at Midwest a few years ago that was all about how you do that, how you make the voices, how you maintain the voices, and how you're able to do it as an actor creating a vocal character in a haunt situation. So I'm glad you remembered that, Jim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How could I forget? It's impossible. Right. (laughs) Yeah, to get a little bit into and more of your career and the things you've done, I say, you know, your your main bread and butter is the haunted attraction industry and you had your haunted trail and all that. Uh, what all kind of uh, haunted trail or horror type stuff have you actually done? Because uh, I, I, I think people don't realize how many different types of voiceover there actually is, which I didn't either. And when I, the more I researched, the more I'm finding out like, crap, I didn't even think about that. You know, there's <laughs> so like so many different types of voiceover, you know, jobs or you know, opportunities out there and stuff. So I was just curious what kind of horror related ones that you've done. Well, I mean, think about everything that talks to you on a daily basis. Um, it, it could be something in your car. Uh, it could be you call your insurance company and, and you get an on hold message. Uh, you listen to a commercial, you listen to a podcast, you, um, you know, you get a voice on a website or some, or a, a toy, you have a talking toy or games, you know, they you have to have, well, where do those voices come from? It comes from people like us. And the haunt industry is no different um, because it has a whole lot of things that need very specific types of voices. Um, you know, first of all, there's the advertising. Um, you, 
You don't want Joe Radio doing the commercial for your <laughs> extremely scary haunted house down on Main Street. If you dare, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you want a voice that's going to draw you in, fill you with fear, and then drink you dry. Very cool. <laughs> so there's that. Well, what else? You know, go beyond the advertising. Um, let's say you got people standing in the queue. What are you going to do with them? Oh, this is a great chance to do two things. One, you can tell them the rules. And two, you can keep marketing. So there are a number of haunt clients that I have who not only use my voice in their commercials, but they'll also use it on their info line. They'll use it on their website so that the voice and the branding and the identity are consistent throughout. That's also very important. And then when the ticket buyers finally get there and they're standing in the queue, my voice is still there. I'm telling them, don't touch anything you see here and pray that nothing touches you. Uh, no flames, no weapons, no alcohol, no whatever it is you decide to do. Keep moving. Don't move back et cetera, et cetera, whatever it is. Um, you know, a lot of times also we'll, we'll cut in messages about visiting the concession stand. We have t-shirts available. Are you tired of standing in this line? Well, for another 25 bucks, you can upgrade to VIP and move to that line and get right in. So your marketing continues and you need the voice for that. Now, what about when they get inside the haunt? Well, do you have actors? Okay, they speak. Do you have animatronics? They could need voices or vocal mm. effects too. And I do a lot of that. So yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that goes on within haunted attractions and in the haunt industry that requires very specific vocal skills. Right. Very nice. Where's my crickets button? Are you stunned? <laughs> I know I'm soaking it all in. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like I said, aside from the horror stuff, Jim was telling me a lot of cool things that you've actually done. And uh, if Jim, you want to let you know, tell everybody the kind of things he's done, so he doesn't have to like brag on himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with Transformers. Ah, yes, that's been fun. Has anybody ever um, heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> Any show of hands? Anyone? Yeah. Anyone out there? Transformers? <laughs> yeah, Cartoon Network uh, did a, a new series called Transformers Cyberverse. And I think we just wrapped our third and final season of that show. I don't think this one's going to be extended. But uh, I've had a lot of great roles in, in this one. For one thing, I played an Autobot named Prowl. And uh, for those of you who don't know Prowl, he is a weapons expert and military strategist. He's a tactician. This is a guy that you want on your six if you are in a bad situation. Optimus Prime depends on him a great deal because he gives it to you straight and he never misses a shot. Nice. He's also a cool action figure. <laughs> uh, other characters that I have played. And yes, I do keep my action figures in my studio. Uh, this past season, I was the 
the Quintessens, you remember those guys, those five-faced bad guys? Yes. Mm-hmm. That were um, sitting in judgment. I think there's a better picture on the back here. There they are. Yeah. Um, that sat in judgment over the multiverse and would just wipe out a universe if they found it lacking. So mm-hmm. I got to be some of those guys, uh, including the Quintessen scientist who was based very specifically on Boris Karloff. So that was very cool to do. Also, in the third season, I got to do a really creepy character called the Dweller, who was this titan who lived uh, in basically a sea of gas in a remote part of Cybertron. And he was just an incredibly creepy character. If you have the show available on demand, I th- or it's going to be on Netflix at some point soon, look for the episode called The Dweller. I am particularly proud of that one. Uh, But the main character that I played was one that they dug up out, I mean, deep out of Transformers lore, uh, whose name was MacAdam. And uh, MacAdam runs the old oil house down in the Lower East Quadrant of Cybertron, the finest blend of Energon anywhere in the sector. Basically, the guy runs Cheers on Cybertron. (laughs) <laughs> and and he only has one rule at McAdams old oil house and it is Autobot neutral or Decepticon if you can pay you can stay but there will be no fighting in here nice. everybody knows you don't <laughs> mess with McAdam in the very first in the very first episode where he appeared which was in season one and the episode is called mac adams again you can find this on youtube or on the hasbro channel or on the cartoon network channel if you have it um we're introduced to mac adam he's a friend of bumblebees everybody knows him and we see him throughout the history of cybertron and at one point bumblebee is leading a Decepticon turncoat into the bar. He wants to defect to the Autobots. And while they're in there, in walks Megatron. And he's getting ready to gun down the traitor. And about this time, MacAdam walks back in behind the bar and just says, there will be no fighting. And as he said this, you see him from behind start to transform. We never see his transformed mode. We just see his shadow growing into this. We don't know what it is, but we see the looks on everybody's faces in the bar, including watching Megatron shit his pants. (laughs) And he powers down his weapon and pretty much says, another time, and hightails it out the door. How many guys do you know who made Megatron stand down? Hmm? You're looking at him. You're looking at him here. So, yeah, um, that was, you know, if I if I go back 35 years in my memory when Transformers originally came on TV, that was the show that made me want to be a voice actor because they took it seriously. And guys like Peter Cullen, who plays and still plays, Optimus Prime, Frank Weller, who played and still plays Megatron and the the great cast of voices who took such great care to tell those stories. When I watched those 
cartoons, those 30-minute toy commercials is basically what they were. They went right. to a deeper level for me. And I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be a voice actor and I want to be a transformer. And it happened. So yeah, <laughs> cool things way. do happen. <laughs> Games are another thing. Yes. Do you want to talk about it or shall I, Jim? Uh, no, please. Uh, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Yes. Uh, a few years ago. Hang on. World of Warcraft, the Cataclysm extension came out. And in that particular extension, one of the very popular races of creatures that, that fans had been asking to be able to play uh, are the Worgen, who are uh, a race of sentient warrior werewolves. And I got that job because my agent sent me in on two auditions for supermarket commercials one day. And the first audition, I walked in and the producer said, okay, I want you to think about this as basically an Asian Kmart. Okay. Oh, okay. And, and I want you to sound Asian. <laughs> Did you not look at me when I walked through the door? Uh, is there is there something that that my agent missed here, or what? But you know, this is what's going on in my head. And I right. I said, okay, Asian. What what do you Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Thai, Vietnamese? What do you think? He said, just sound Asian. <laughs> so I did a couple reads, probably as as an extremely bad Jackie Chan impersonation, and I walked out of there knowing I would never hear from those people again. But when I went to the second audition, um, it was in a studio space where they had like different studios across the hall. And as I'm waiting for my turn to go audition for this other supermarket, I looked and I saw a sign that said world of Warcraft. So I tiptoed over there and I grabbed one of the side scripts and looked at it and it said, Worgen. Race of seven-foot-tall, intelligent werewolves. <laughs> and can you get me in that room? <laughs> so my agent called him, and an hour later, I was able to get in an audition. And they did call me back. And they said, you know, we, we went with you because you took it seriously. I mean, you, you actually gave life and breath to this race of creatures and made us believe in not only their ferocity, not only in their strength, but in the pain of their existence, straddling the line between human and wolf constantly at war with each other. And I just nodded and said, yes, that is exactly what I intended to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so when I did that, they, they booked me for a seven-hour session. And I thought, what could I possibly do for seven hours in a game? But they're paying me, so and it's Warcraft, so <laughs> I'll, I'll stand in their booth for seven hours, fine. Mm -hmm. So I get in there, and the first thing they do, they handed me like a couple of pages of, of lines that I was supposed to read. And I'm thinking, this is supposed to take seven hours? I'm going to be out of here in 45 minutes. <laughs> so 
so we did the the lines uh I'm trying to remember some of them now uh, may the great wolf spirit guide you for Gilneas! rage need rage i'm unable to equip that now and the kinds of things that you hear when you play these games and the characters are talking to you so we right. get through all that we do the lines we do the emotes um they like to do uh, joke responses to uh trying to think of some of those now uh like, do you do it doggy style <laughs> ruby Roo! <laughs> come on throw me a bone things you know stuff like that that are nice little features that some people like to use when they play the game if they even make it into the game i'm convinced that the engineers just like to hear people do that <laughs> so you know like i said 45 minutes an hour and a half we were done with all of that and i'm thinking yeah okay you're gonna pay me for seven hours but i'm done and they said no now we're going to fight. And they brought me in a list and they put it in front of me. And they said, okay, now we want you to stab with a dagger. I, I don't have any of these weapons in the studio. Right. The only room around me is like, you know, three feet in every direction. So I have to uh, make it sound like I'm stabbing someone. So we do that. And then I have to get stabbed with a dagger. And then the knife gets bigger. And then it turns into a sword, which I have to wield. And then I have to get hit by it. And then the swords get bigger. And then it turns into an axe. And then it turns into a bigger axe. And then it turns into a double axe. And then a bigger double axe. This is how they filled up the rest of the seven hours. Mm -hmm. And by the time we got to the end, the last cue that I had to record was death. <laughs> I had to die. And I thought this is going to be the easiest thing <laughs> I kind of want to right now <laughs> at this point. And when we wrapped that session, I was like a wet, rag that had been sent through a strainer several times but i was a happy wet rag that had been sent through a strainer several times and so now that character lives on in in warcraft lore uh eventually other games have come along that, that have not been quite so strenuous uh there's an online uh multiplayer game called heroes of new earth i've done a number of voices for that uh, I did um, Sherlock Holmes in a Sherlock Holmes game. I'm trying to think of some of the others. Uh, one of my favorites was a game called Pinstripe. Um, and I played the title villain in that. That was really good. I, I remember doing it and then forgetting about it. And then a couple of years later, all of a sudden my feed starts blowing up with Pinstripe, 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 Pinstripe. And I think, oh, oh, that game, it must've been released. So I started looking at some of the online posts about it and, and, and I'm seeing IGN and I'm seeing time magazine and I'm seeing Washington post and I'm looking at this stuff and this game is getting rave reviews, but the best review I think 
I've ever gotten for a game was done by uh, a YouTube game reviewer, Cat for the Win. That's who it is. And she reviewed it. And if you've ever watched any, any YouTubers review games, they will play the game. And, you know, they'll, they'll usually put themselves down in the corner of the screen and you, you see their gameplay going on. Right. So this was the first time she had played the game and she started playing it. And, and my character comes on. And I, I, I really think the best way to describe the game is for you to go and look at it because it's a beautiful, beautiful game. It doesn't take a heck of a long time to play. It's beautifully designed by, by Thomas Brush, who wrote the game, coded the game, scored the game. About the only thing he didn't do was voice the game, and that's where I came in. And uh, the title villain is named Pinstripe. And all we see is that he's a, a slender figure in a pinstripe suit. He wears a bowler hat, and you can't see his face, but you can see his glowing eyes. And when the main character and his young daughter encounter Mr. Pinstripe on this creepy train car. He seems overly drawn to the little girl. Oh, what a pretty dress you have, Bo. Would you like a balloon? And he has all these black balloons around him that he wants to give. And father says, no, no, that's all right. We're fine. We're fine. But eventually the little girl takes off on her own and you are unable to catch her but guess who does catch her mr pinstripe who then says don't worry ted soon enough she will call me father and that's just the intro to the game the rest (laughs) takes off so she's playing this game and she gets to the end of that intro and she says that dude is creepy as fuck. <laughs> Thank you. My work here is done. <laughs> oh, that's great. Doesn't get better than that for reviews. Um, I'm also doing a couple of other games right now that unfortunately, because of the non-disclosure agreements that I signed, I can't tell you about, right. but you, you will know about them in the coming months. They, they, um, one involves, supernatural nocturnal creatures who subsist on blood okay and another involves time travel okay that's all i can say sorry that's that's fine it gives me something to go on okay (laughs) so uh what about little caesars i remember hearing those commercials yeah uh for the past four or five years i I have been the main voice of Little Caesars Pizza. I'm not the guy who says pizza, pizza at the end. I don't even know if that guy's still alive. I mean, that's like (laughs) from 1983. I don't know. Um, But I'm the guy who will tell you that you can get an extra most bestest with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price, hot and ready only at Little Caesars. So I've done that for several years. Um, I finally made it into the Super Bowl when Little Caesars um, had a Super Bowl commercial. this last time around with uh, Rain Wilson from The Office, Dwight from The Office. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was uh, the main on-screen character in that. It was called Sliced Bread. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, so got a Super Bowl credit now. It's better than a Super Bowl ring as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) There you go. Sure. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that, you know, I'm not getting beaten up by 300 pound guys. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's what I'm <laughs> selling pizza for God's sake. All right. <laughs> Well, it's definitely but I, a lot. But I do other things too. Like uh, I, I was mentioning earlier, Blue Freedom Dog Food, right. uh, Yo Play. I'm doing a campaign now for Google and Waze. Uh, did some work for Pepsi, Verizon. So, yeah, I'm out there. Well, it keeps you busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It does tend to. <laughs> so I probably have heard you in more than I actually know. It's mm-hmm. very possible. It's very possible. Um, and if you were in the uh, in the pharmaceutical industry, you would probably be very familiar with a voice too, uh, because that's another thing. I, I for some reason I have a great pharma voice. I can talk about side effects like nobody's business. <laughs> um, my disclaimers are legendary, but um, you know there there have been times when I've done pharma narrations, biotech narrations. Oh, this is fun. One of the first biotech narrations I did was for uh, a company that was doing these incredible things, basically growing human organs. Um, And in particular, the one that I was talking about, the one that I was narrating, was something for esophageal cancer patients. They built a scaffold, a a bioscaffold. And if you were set... You know, if, if, if you had to have your esophagus removed, I mean, that that hasn't had great outcomes in the past. But now, if you have to have that removed a few weeks before your surgery, they will extract fat cells from your stomach and mix them with their bio soup and put them with this scaffold, essentially growing you a new esophagus. So that when the patient goes in for surgery, out comes one, in goes the other, same day. Wow. It's one healing process. And as I'm reading these words that they have given me, I'm just getting more and more enthused about it. And they've had to stop me and say, <laughs> uh, Dick, could, could you not sound so excited about this? but this is incredible this is star trek stuff we are growing organs yeah just dial it back a little bit so okay eventually we did but i love doing stuff like that i love doing science and technical and pharma uh the one surgical narration that i did a few years ago uh was for a condition called lymphatic filariasis don't google it Okay. Uh, I'm just going to tell you that it's a tropical jungle disease that involves parasites and man parts. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I'll pass. pass. So as when I started doing the narration, they said uh, they, they, they wanted me to watch the video and match it up to the video. And I started doing that and I said, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. Tell you what, how about I just give you a read? And if you need me to change the timing, I will. But I'm I'm not watching that man's enlarged junk getting opened up and a bunch of worms falling out. No, thank you very much. So that was fun. Blame you there. <laughs> Mm. Oh, wow. 
but Donnie, you sound like you were getting ready to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to pick his brain once again. Um, we like to try to pull a good golden nugget or a tip from from every person we have on, and I wanted to get one from haunting and from uh, wrestling side with the haunting one. You probably you pretty much already gave us one with the pineapple popsicles. You and Jim did, and explained all that. Uh, so could you uh, give us a good tip on maybe like a wrestler cutting a promo on how they could maybe say, you know, like change their voice or create their character's voice or something like that. Something that you use to, to develop character voices and stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, if this is an, an established wrestler who already has a character, who already has a following, then that's easy. But if you're just getting started, that's a little trickier. Um you know, as we were talking about, if, if you're going to create a character and you don't want to bring it all from here, because I think that's what I, I see a lot of wrestlers do. They try to straighten it all up like Hulk Hogan. He's yeah. probably the best example. And he's talking all up here, brother, all up here. How can he keep doing that for longer than 10 <laughs> minutes? I don't think I've ever seen him do it longer for t- longer than 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> so take that as a lesson. Don't do it up here you're going to kill yourself, or at least you're going to sideline yourself. So you're not going to be able to wrestle and you're not going to be able to make money. Bring it all down here. Bring it all down here. This is where it is, folks. The old diaphragm. (laughs) Exactly. And that's going to, that's going to give you more depth too. going to give you more depth to a voice. Uh, What give me, let's make, let's make up a character right now. Let's create one so we can, so we can show somebody the actual process. So let's come up with a name. One of you guys, both of you guys, come up with a wrestler name that kind of screams some sort of character, and we'll build him. Good, Jim. I'll let you create a wrestler there. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I, I, I have a tendency to, to, to shift towards the darker characters. Okay. Um, let's pick a dark color. Dark color. Oh, Something dark. dark. Co- Oh wow, my so, black. I mean, okay, just... black, and now, uh, and uh, an animal. An You'll be the black. Okay. All right, the black raven. The black raven. Okay, yeah. he he sounds to me like he could be kind of an undertaker type character, but uh, maybe maybe he's a mystic character because he's a raven. Ravens are mystic yes. birds, okay. so automatically he's a kind of guy who probably trails off at the end of his sentences because he's got so much happening and he has such a far vision that he can see your doom. Sometimes just the name will lead you to the character. Wow. And then you have to think about it. Um, there was, there was one time when I was doing a game that I had to create a character on the fly because they hadn't come up with anything yet. It was, uh, the game was called Bard's Tale 4. Okay. And uh, I, w- I was originally cast to play a Scottish mage, Algwyn the Mage, who was extremely old wizard who unfortunately had been tricked by his apprentice into giving up his secrets. And the apprentice was evil and the game goes on from there. Okay. But they hadn't finished out all the parts so i was in the studio doing the algwin voice 
And they said, uh, we've, we've got a character we're not sure we want to do. Uh, you want to take a swing at it? And I said, well, what is it? And they said, he's an undead necromancer. Okay, kind of in my wheelhouse. Okay. Uh, do you have any artwork on him that I could look at? And they said, well, no, but basically he's a skeleton in a robe. Okay, but he's not, he's not the Grim Reaper. He's an undead necromancer. Now, a necromancer is a sorcerer who can raise the dead. He uses his magic through the dead. But this guy is undead himself. Right. Which means either he has used his own magic to resurrect himself or someone resurrected him. But all that's left is the skeleton in a robe. And despite the fact that he has no tongue, no vocal cords, no lungs, no diaphragm, no breath support or speech creating mechanism of any kind, he is able to speak. And I'm going, I'm, I'm in the booth going through this whole process right now, trying to figure it out. So I thought, okay, magic. He uses magic. He uses the magic of the dead. He himself is undead. It takes a tremendous amount of energy to create enough air to move through a space, through what's left of the teeth and the jaw to create a sound. So I knew that he had to be tremendously breathy and airy and that it took immense strain to speak. And they said, wow. get in the booth. Do it. <laughs> so sometimes if you just think about the physicalities of it, of a character that you have to create and follow it through to its logical conclusion, the voice and the character will present itself. So if I were a wrestler trying to come up with a character or trying to come up with a character voice, that's what I'd do. Great advice. Very good. And the same absolutely can be applied to being a haunter. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, I've got... 10 different characters and 10 different voices. Mm-hmm. As you should. Yeah. None of them should be the same. Right. I think one of my favorites though, is my, is my crazy Lenny character. Give us a bit. Hi. <laughs> I, I, I'm looking for the pretty girls. Uh, have you seen the pretty girl? Where's the nurse? <laughs> That's that's a little bit of Lenny. He's got this constant grin on his face. It oh, never yeah. goes away. And that's what makes him creepy. And that's I, I do it to Chris every once in a while, my wife. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go into Lenny mode and she's like, stop it. <laughs> you see, it's good when you can still creep out your wife. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, Donnie, I know there's a question you're just aching to ask um, Dick. Uh, oh. regarding regarding horror movies so oh, i will yeah. let you do that yep it's a standard question here on the on the podcast okay and it's uh getting your creative juices flowing which that doesn't obviously seem to be a problem for you <laughs> it's like so the question <laughs> is you are the main character in your own horror film what is your go-to kill my go-to kill mm-hmm. Ooh, 
haven't thought about that one. Okay, let's see. I'm the main character. Am, am I me? Am I am I whatever a deranged you, voice actor? Whatever let's you make want to be. <laughs> let's make me a deranged voice actor in a okay. horror movie. Is somebody writing this down? Because we need we actually need to do this script. <laughs> um, okay, I'm I'm a deranged voice actor who's washed up, who's not getting hired, and he wants revenge. And so his go-to kill is to put his victims in a soundproof room and tape them to a chair and put headsets on them and tape the headset onto their head, put the volume beyond maximum and just talk to them. Very creative. <laughs> it's lengthy, but effective. Yes. yes. You know what would be a quicker kill? What? If we were to take a medley of some of those haunted attraction commercials from like 15 years ago and just play them back to back under the same situation, they, they would be begging for death within 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, no, I agree. <laughs> So, Dick, how can people find out more about you? Social media, oh, that type of thing? I, I'm, I'm tremendously easy to track down. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Dick Terhune, V-O. And that's Dick, D-I-C-K, the way you always spell Dick. Terhune, T-E-R-H-U-N-E, followed by the letters V-O. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Dick Terhune voicefromhell.com dickterhune.com if you can't find me you're stupid <laughs> well uh, I, that's pretty succinct I think yeah. <laughs> and every once in a while I show up on shows like this so yeah here we are <laughs> all this time and with big scary show and this is the and we're here on wrestle horror and we're talking on video so that's really cool. mm -hmm. <laughs> nice so um dick it has been an absolute pleasure thank you for taking time to speak with us here on wrestle horror my pleasure um, donnie any last questions uh no i think we've uh kept him long enough we don't want to tap him out too too much <laughs> gotta gotta go get my pineapple popsicle now there you there go, you go. <laughs> Uh, everybody make sure you check out Dick's website, um, his Twitter, Facebook. He, like you said, he's real easy to get a hold of. If I can get a hold of him, anybody can. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and don't forget to follow us, uh, Wrestle Horror at Wrestle Horror uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, the Wrestle Horror channel on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like, and, subscribe, review the podcast. Yeah. Help yes. us out there. And you get to watch Dick on video instead of on audio. There you go. <laughs> what a, a treat. Put a face to the voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so once again, this is the Russell Horror Podcast for my co-host, Donnie Hoover, our special guest, Dick Terhune, the voice from hell. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow us on all, all of our social media outlets. Facebook.com backslash Russell Horror. 
Instagram at WrestleHorror, Twitter at WrestleHorror, on our YouTube channel, the WrestleHorror channel. Also, you can find us at www.wrestlehorror.com. Yeah.